0: Listening to the Inside Job Making CX Work podcast, where we share how you can make customer experience transformation a reality.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Inside Job Making CX Work. I'm your host, Jose Fabrian. and today we have a really exciting uh, episode. Today we're going to talk about driving personaliz- personalization at scale with content. It's a really exciting topic because content ultimately is one of the kind of the largest barriers to driving uh, personalization across the enterprise. And so today I'm joined by one of our great partners, Adobe. So Alex Peppicelli from Adobe is here and he's going to be with us. Deepak Narasetti, as well as Evan Nicholson from Merkle are here. So really excited uh, for today's episode. Alex, if you wouldn't mind, could I pass it over to you and just uh, kind of tell listeners a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, sure thing. Thanks, Jose. Thanks for having me. My name is, again, Alex Pepicelli. I've been with Adobe for about seven years now, locally based in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a strategic account director in our retail uh, industry and space. I'm really helping and supporting our uh, leading uh, brands and enterprises in the retail industry, uh, adopt digital transformation, and really empower their businesses through digital. So super excited to be here. Uh, really appreciate the partnership with Markle.
1: Great, thanks Alex, really really enjoy having you here today. Uh, So Deepak, why don't we give a quick 20 second overview of who Deepak is.
2: Hey guys, I'm glad to be here. I I really champion a lot of the solutions that we put together here at Merkle, leveraging the Adobe technology. Um, You know, I'm just here to have some ideas for
1: you. Great, (laughs) and and Evan, why don't you give the listeners a little bit about you.
3: yeah, I lead our digital experience um, strategy practice. and uh, what we do is uh, everything from understanding how people interact with experiences to driving and improving those experiences towards, you know the outcomes that that we need.
1: All right, so now that the introductions are done, let's get into the real fun fun part of it. So we we just had Adobe Summit wrap up uh, at the end of April. Adobe Summit is really an amazing. Uh, experience. If you've never been, I highly suggest you go. You get a lot of inspiration, the creativity, the technology. How did it feel this year? I mean, it was obviously very different. What 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 was the sense?
0: Yeah, so I'll give you uh, my perspective from an Adobe lens and, uh, and point of view, but the benefit of Summit this year is that it was completely uh, virtual, it was recorded, there is a wealth of information and knowledge out there that I would highly encourage anyone listening to go back and, and actually view. Um, because of the virtual nature of Summit, all of the sessions, again, were recorded, uh, they're readily available on demand for your viewing, where there's just tremendous you know, wealth and insight across the industry. You're hearing from customers like Pfizer, Home Depot, Coca-Cola, Sephora. There's some phenomenal sessions that we had produced with Merkle in particular, which we'll get more into later today. So I don't know, uh, Deepak or Evan, if you guys have any other thoughts as well that you would share.
2: Well, this is the second year that Summit was virtual, right? Last year, we were all going to end up at Vegas and boom, COVID hit and uh, we had to pivot. And so Adobe actually wasn't that ready. um, This year, they were already ready. They knew how to set up the sessions. In fact, I, I pre-recorded a session myself. Um, that was uh, session six hundred two or something like that. Plug to go watch it. Um, but uh, it, it was very well organized this year because we had time. Everyone had time, and content was uh, was created in a digital format, so it was very engaging as well. I, I love also
3: that that like. The, the way that it came together was also so indicative of like what good can look like in this world where digital is more seamlessly integrated into the real world. Like for example, what a, one of the things that I lament, you know, I, I go there, to, I charge my batteries, I have amazing conversations with clients, with vendors, with partners. Um, but so many people on my team don't get that same experience, um, you know, because you can only bring so many people out. And this year, we were able to do that differently with entire group conversations around a single session. Uh, my guess is that Adobe was able to bring a lot more people into individual sessions than they had been in the past. Um, and we're also continuing to use the sessions for, you know, ideas and, and and training and to look into things. Um, so for, from my perspective, this has almost been an improvement. I'd love to see, I can't wait to see what the next round looks like where we're able to be in person and also digital. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that same thing, I guess, is all of our opportunity really yeah. to take advantage of in, in this new world.
1: Yep. All right. Well, I mean, so it's a very different year, you know, the, but I also think it's a very interesting year after, you know, kind of a we've had a lot of time to have to identify a lot of the shortcomings in our especially in our digital customer experience, but broadly our customer experience. I I'd love to hear from you, Alex. You know, as you think about what you're hearing from customers or even prospects, whomever. But the point is, you know, what are they asking Adobe? What are they what are they saying, hey Adobe, we need the help with with this and this. You know, what what are you hearing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think if I had to distill it down to two core themes, I think the first would be really driven around content uh, velocity, right? That's one key theme that we're seeing just across, again, the industry. And the other would be uh, personalization at scale right? And I think both of those uh, topics are extremely relevant relevant for any customer across any industry. But for me, in particular, within our retail vertical, I guess, blowing that down a little bit further, when we're thinking about content velocity, I think one thing that we can all relate to is everything now had to be digital. It had to be remote. And the process in which companies and organizations are capturing and developing you know, content is vastly different than we were doing just a few years back. So I think organizations are really trying to assess and determine how do we produce uh, high quality content and what is that supply chain process from again, ideation, design, photography, centralizing your digital assets, bringing that experience online through you know, e-commerce. And so a lot of the customers that I'm engaging with and speaking with is trying to assess and determine what needs to change across our people and processes to really empower you know, content velocity and content at scale. And what are the tools that will empower our business to just be much more efficient and productive from a content um, standpoint. And obviously, with the explosion of different you know, digital touch points, being able to meet the customer where they are has become increasingly more um, relevant and, and really paramount to support. So I would say that's one area in particular, Jose, that we've had a lot of in-depth discussions with our customers across, again, not just retail, but a variety of different industries, which then... segues a little bit further into the idea of personalization at scale. I think one theme across the market industry that a lot of folks are hearing about is how do we prepare uh, for the cookie list future? Uh, For those of you that are unaware, there's obviously going to be a shift in how companies advertise and market to consumers top of funnel, where they're unauthenticated, if you will. And there's going to really becoming a growing emphasis on assessing what is your first party data strategy? Um, how do you get your customers, your consumers to authenticate and log in for an experience that is worthwhile and really something that they uh, strive for that is unique for them and that is, is truly you know personalized? So I think there's some big concepts around the cook list future. There's been a lot of questions around the evolution of CDP and what does that mean uh, for Adobe? in particular, and how are we going to market with Adobe's real-time customer data platform uh, powered by experience platform. So I'd say, Jose, those are the areas that we feel... are just very much top of mind for a lot of uh, marketers, technologists, IT, you know, key executives that are looking to really solve for these themes across the industry. Again, I, I don't know, Deepak or Edmund, if you guys have been hearing yeah. uh, similar you know, themes and trends across your customer conversations, or if there's anything else that you would allude to a little bit further.
2: Well, think about it, right? Content, is, it used to be just be, I'm going to write an article and put it on my page and get it SEOed. And that strategy worked for a long time, but now, as we all went digital during COVID, we're, we need entertainment. Our websites need to be entertaining. If it's my retail website, my banking website, and when I say entertainment, it's not like, hey, I need everyone to uh, like have a TV show for me, but it's like it, it has to be compelling. I, I'm not going to be sitting there reading crazy articles that are boring. I, I need in, information, I need engaging content, I need interactivity, right? And that, that type of stuff that you used to get in real person needs to be on, online. And so you need the tooling, you need the capabilities, and you need, most of all, when you talk about content at scale, you need ideas. How do you take an idea, create the idea digitally that's not going to take eight months to do because old school, traditional IT uh, modes, models of like, you know, develop, you need to be fast. This is content at scale. You need to scale the production of content as well.
3: Yeah, scale, scale, and speed. I think I was on a um, on a call with an executive from from Cisco on the personalization team, and she said something to the effect of, you know, the last decent experience that our user had is now the new baseline or the last great experience that our user had is now the new baseline for every subsequent experience they have, you know, and in a world where the bar goes up so fast um, from moment to moment that we can't even track it, we're in a constant state of needing to do better and to do better more often. Um, And that's, that's an enormous amount of pressure also to put on the people. Um, so, how? What is the process? What is the technology that enables that? Those are the kinds of conversations we're having a lot of um, around here uh, post summit. And, uh, you know, I want to throw out one more thing that I heard a lot of at, at summit that got me really excited. I heard the word edge a lot.
1: Really? And
3: I was really happy to hear that. Um, you know, and especially in the front lines of personalization at scale, we, um soon start to run into questions of size questions of of um sdk weight um and these things are are going to become uh immediately a problem as soon as they become a problem you know you don't have to worry about them until you do uh, and so i'm really glad and and hard to see that there's a lot of um of movement in that direction so that by when we get there uh, we're going to be able to mature in such a way that customers can still um you know have performant experiences to interact with
1: yeah, I mean look I, I think what's what's interesting about what you guys are saying is, is look I mean being honest with you, personalization at scale and content scale are terms that have been used for years right like' it's not, like that's not a new concept. I think what's what's different is the urgency now is very real, and then I think you know Evan, to your point, the reality is there are some people that are way ho- further ahead. And they're actually creating the bar for your own experiences. So you don't get to go across your normal kind of maturity curve. You actually have to keep up with the rest of the market versus kind of just your, your peers or your own process. And so I think that's the really interesting piece. And the other thing I would say, Alex, that, you know, I, I would ask you is, you know, personalization scale is kind of a, an end state, um, in a way, uh, but I think what you were saying, or I would like your opinion on this, is that content and scale and that ability to identify people, you, know, you brought up the kind of third-party cookie-going-away piece, they're really components that you have to have to deliver on that personalization and scale.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, you can't have one uh, without the other, right? So to achieve content scale, and as we refer to, again, content velocity, the speed in which you're able to deploy new high quality content is really empowered um, and determined by a lot of the, the data and the analysis that you're doing on what's most effective, right? So as we talk about the concepts of personalization, it's really building that test and learn culture, of really assessing what experiences are, are working, what's driving engagement, how are customers converting across our online experience. Again, obviously having to shift through COVID, the need for delivering a super hyper-personalized e-commerce experience, right, is vastly different than some consumers are achieving, you know, in-store. So again, it really does start with the data and really assessing uh, what content is most impactful, what is driving that level of engagement. And through that data and through that analysis, you're then able to determine what would need to be produced or what are some of the ideas, as Deepak alluded to, that we need to think of and create to really, you know, develop something that's worthwhile for our, our consumers consumers or customers to uh, engage with. So it's certainly, um, you can't have one without the other. I would say they're equally important, and I think just what you alluded to, these concepts are not new. Um, just as you highlighted, right? These concepts have been around for a while, but I think just as as you guys are, are mentioning, the urgency at which organizations are looking to adopt this transformation has been drastically um, accelerated. The amount of digital transformation that we've seen just within twelve months typically probably would have spanned twelve years potentially, right? Dependent upon the industry, dependent upon on in right. organizations, readiness, you know, et cetera. So it's just becoming much more of a reality that regardless of industry, regardless of company, these are themes that everyone should be focused on and everyone should have a plan for. As you're seeing across the market, I would say there are some organizations, some brands that were very well prepared for this shift and for this new dynamic. And for those that weren't, they're having to scramble, right? They're having to you know, really chase this, this evolving right. need, ensure that they have the, the people, the Process technology behind to deliver against these higher expectations. I mean, and that's a
1: great, that's a great segue, Alex. Thank you. And so look, we, we've talked a little bit about Adobe summit. There's some really big themes. This podcast is really intended to be about how do you actually get those things done? So like as we talk, and I really want you to focus on the, the, the listeners here, what, and the viewers, you know, how do you bring those experiences to life for, for real? Like you know, it's it's one thing to talk about technology, but uh, you know, Alex, you've been you've said it I think twice now. People and processes, but really, how do you start to get those things done? Deepak, you've mentioned ideas. Like it's not just the tech. How, how does how does one start? How does one get this going?
2: So the, the enablement of this, right? So there, there's content management, there's asset management, and there's workflow, right? In in order to really understand. How something gets done—it's project planning, and Adobe's got Workfront for that. And so we will, we'll, we love working with customers to help them re-engineer their processes on how they work. I think we're we're as we at Denso as a company, we've done we've done a lot of this, right? We've created podcasts, we've created um, websites, video commercials, audio files, and those are the things that are that are that are necessary, right? When you're looking at what is the next level of content? It's 4K vertical video. It's immersive, um, interactive um, concepts that are touch enabled. Those are the things that need to happen. They're complicated things. And so there's a way to do every every piece of that puzzle, right? So there's probably like one of my clients, actually, uh, a large sneaker brand. They have 40 types of content items that they put out there, right? Content types from Facebook, vertical video, Instagram, to web pages, uh, full page um, articles that have um, infographics and all those kind of things. So it's taking the big parts, breaking it up into some parts, and creating a process around it, which is done through Workfront. Now, when you're creating yeah. that and going through task by task by task to complete, it's the storage of the assets, right? Today, people store things on drives, on, on Dropbox, on Google Drive, and and sent through WeTransfer. And, and I'm asking uh, my art director to comment on something that I sent him via email that got lost, and and all those. Things that happen and the time that's wasted and places that it's lost can be, should, needs to be solved. If you get rid of the fodder and clean all of that up, you pretty much saved 30, 40% of the effort in creating the content, right? Just remove that noise. And so then you have tools like AEM, then you have tools like um, uh, Creative Cloud that enable you to organize your ideas and create something visual, get that proofed and managed and out the door so that it can be distributed and tracked, right? And all of that stuff comes together and, I, and we're toting the Adobe uh, wagon here because they, they're the only one company that I see that have put it all together from, from an idea all the way to measure uh, and then archive that stuff to learn about it from the past, right? I, I always get questions about um, how do I even know if what I'm doing is going to work, a lot of ideas come out there. Well, if you have the analytics and the measurement ability to see that this campaign worked two years ago, well, let's get it out. Let's, let's revamp it. Let's, let's, uh, let's personalize that campaign again and push it out in two weeks versus the six months that it initially took us two years ago.
3: Yeah, that, that original, I mean, marketing creative truth that the medium is the message. You know, it's still true. It's that the medium is is so much bigger than it used to be. The medium is the entire MarTech stack from, you know, the tools that we use to understand and create to the tools that we use to deploy and to measure. Um, and the, the ones who are going to win, you know, the brands that are going to win are the brands that can use that entire system uh, to sing their brand song, to bring that reality to life. You know, it's, it's, It's funny, you know, because we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the underpinning technology and the ways of working that makes all this happen. But, you know, in my estimation, this is the easy part. You know, Adobe technology puts these things together. They've got the integrations that make it easy. The hard part is what to fill it with. Right. The hard part is to imagine, you know, a better brand experience. The hard part is to um, come up with the kinds of groundbreaking, um, you know, moments between a customer and a brand that are going to make all the difference and separate you from the pack. Because ultimately, the experience is is what is the competitive advantage. And it's with that belief in the center that you then have to work your way out to create. The, um the content inside of content at scale you know Alex said uh, something that in a, in a phrase that don't usually go together new high quality, scale <laughs> you know and you think about that and how those are going to be competing and they really are competing ideas and and so how do i how do i scale on the one hand while also bringing in more and more and more new all along the way well i need to have my data and my analytics set up just as powerfully as my activation and my workflow um, and i need to connect those things with a way of working that, that that makes sense of those potentially disruptive um, relationships and one of the ways that we're doing that or i'm doing that is um, you know looking at the process from identifying to learning right identifying the moments that matter in your experience where are they how do they happen Um, prioritizing and understanding their relationship to outcomes right then understanding the people who actually move through those experiences, not just as device IDs. Um, You know, when the cookie goes away, it certainly makes it a bit harder for us to see people as objects, but that's not necessarily a problem. Um, You know, in fact, we hear them asking us to respect them. We see people and customers Begging to be treated well by brands, and they ask for it in the form of surveys. They ask for it in the form of legislation, um, and we should be listening. You know, the other side of that coin of respect is valuing, um, and when we talk about what is the value that a customer has to us, we're we're not just talking about how do I. Um, gain share of wallet but also how do i mutually develop this value relationship so that i have a sustainable brand relationship that leads to the the big l right loyalty which is ultimately what i want to drive as a marketing owner so you know everything from Developing and deploying experiences at scale all the way to driving individual loyalty are all connected through one through line. And that through line is ultimately our ability to identify people, to recognize them from one moment to another moment through technology and then give them what they deserve, right? The best marketing experience. Right. So we need to be really good at those things.
2: You know, it's kind of funny because like, I think marketing has come back full circle now from the days of like the 20s, the, the Mad Men era. Of marketing, where copyright, <laughs> copywriting, just the the pros was so that, that's what sold things. And then somewhere in the, the internet era, you know, it just became nuts and bolts. And last two three years, it was all nuts and bolts. But now it's getting back to everyone's already got the nuts and bolts. Everyone's got the the Ferrari engine that's that they're marketing, uh, martech mark platforms. Um, and now you're competing with everyone that's driving the same thing. It's like NASCAR racing. Everyone's got the same car. How do you get up in front? Yes. It's the guy that's like got that extra It's the driver.
1: Yep.
3: That's a great wow, I love that. And the team behind them. And the pits, yeah, you're so totally.
1: I like that analogy, Deepak. I mean and, but
3: and it gets one in like little increments, right? Yep. Of of improvement. And that is also very
2: feels very true. But that that's captivating people. That's getting people excited about it. And of course the tools in, in, involved in the creation and storage of that and distribution you know it's so
3: funny you brought that up Deepak, because I, I have a lot of these co- conversations with customers you know and I, they hearken back to the the stars of let's call it the aughts era right like Burger King and the and the chicken and and all of that um, when what's interesting to me is some of the best personalization stories that I hear now, are whispers. They're they're because they're so focused, they're unique, they're personal, they're strategic in in nature, and they feel almost natural. That it's really hard to see it through the lens of like a disruptive chicken, you know, that just seems so outlandish that we can't help but talk about it. But some of the most powerful experiences of personalization that I've seen are just that moment when it feels right in the right time and the button's there and I click it. And I just work. lean back and I feel good about this relationship that I have with this brand. You know, in those moments, those whispers, we've got to capture them and we've got to elevate them. Um, but it's also a bit uh, counterintuitive, I think, to the way that we tend to think about ourselves as No, no That's yours. a good
2: point. You, you bring up a great point, the whispers. I mean, it's like a lot of people try to do those, but they just don't work, right? You have a banner ad that clicks mm-hmm. through and doesn't give you that 50%. Like the other day I was frustrated because a sporting goods company, um, I, I got an email, I'm in the program. And it's toting a great like 50% off. I click on it, it goes to some generic page on the site. And I'm like, where's my 50% off? And what am I even supposed to see? And it's like, you can't find it. The whisper yeah. was lost. The, the, the platforms weren't working together and they weren't telling the story that there, that one organization within that, that group was trying to get out. And and that's what needs to be connected, right? That's that's where we are with. These these engagements, this content, it all needs- And our own
3: research, our own research is, is validating that, right? When we talk to customers, we see that they're making decisions to abandon a brand or not make a purchase because of an inconsistency like that. And it might seem kind of, you know, why yeah. would somebody judge me that way? You know, this is the website team, not the not the retailers. But yeah. as a consumer, you you don't know don't that care. and you don't care if they can't get this right. Something as simple as like it says 70 percent here, it should say 70 percent there. What else are they going to screw up along the way? And that, that's why the experience needs to be integrated so deeply.
1: And I, I mean, what I'm taking away from this is that, you know, we you do need to start with what you want the the experience to be. And the technology certainly enables that, but Deepak, I think your your NASCAR analogy is is right, right? It, it comes down to, you know, yes, you have great technology, but like, what's going to actually make the difference? And the difference really comes from those ideas, and actually making that go through the entire piece. And so we don't drop off on frankly easy stuff like passing a a code across display or email to the site. <laughs> like that's a that's a layup, technically, you know. So <laughs> I think that's one of the the, the things that we need to take away. I mean, for me, I, I, I want people to take away like, you know, technology is, is great, but you need to know how you're going to use it and actually have the organizational fortitude to go across channels. And I say fortitude purposely because I think it's good to put on paper, but to make it work, you actually have to, you know, change people's roles sometimes, or at least have people work together and, and align those those uh, goals and things like that so that they do do those things. Yeah, I
3: think- yeah it's so true. I, I don't know how often, you know, we come into contact with those those sorts of um, moments where food fortitude is necessary and, and they're not always predictable. I mean, I think we do a pretty good job of, of predicting them and getting in front of some of them, um, but often it has to do with change. And, you know, if organizations yeah. aren't ready to make that change, it, it's hard to get through to the other side
2: do you think they're not ready now? I mean, I think a lot of organizations have seen throughout COVID that they have to, right? I've gotten a B2B company that used to do handshakes in order to make sales. They're like, they're revamping their entire tech stack on Adobe actually, yeah. um, which is which is amazing and, and great to see. Um, it, it's like, I think they just don't know how to get started. And they're also afraid about how many people they need to support this, right? How much, in, in, in order to create content, they just need a lot of people. You need you need more people to do more, and you can't be bottlenecked right. with. Hey, my organization is two people. Well, with two people, you're not going to be doing content scale. You're not going to be doing automated personalization. There's a lot of things you're not going to be able to do.
1: Yeah, look, I, I I think there are companies that are going after it hard and and investing. I think there are others that are giving it lip service and say they're doing it, and they're not going to change it all. And and I think they I think that's kind of the reality. And I think you know that has to do with individuals and their perceptions. I mean, so but look. If we, if we think about it and we have our listeners and you know what, what should they really be asking with inside of the org? What should they be driving toward? How do they start to drive this change? I mean, I, I don't think anybody's really starting from zero, right? They have, most yeah. companies have a lot of the, so, some of the technology, all, you know, those sort of things. They definitely have a lot of the, the, the individualized capabilities. Really, how do they start to move things forward? What should they be asking their organizations?
3: Well I could j- I can jump forward with a f- framework here and this is the framework that we're using you know which is which is starting with identifying right understanding identifying the moments that matter in the experience and that that matter is an important function in identifying right and that matter should be a material relationship between those moments and the bottom line as it relates to the customer um and then as you've mapped those moments, you now know you have your your sort of directional orders. The next step is to then understand those moments. Understand the who, the what, the why, the how you're going to measure and improve it, um, and and what are the levers you have to pull in that moment through technology so that you can um, improve or control, manage that outcome. You know, we're essentially doing CRM everywhere we go. Um, And then once I have understand and mapped those relationships, then I need to start testing, learning, introducing, and improving, um, both by refining what I have and introducing new experiences and new campaigns and new ideas that are transformational, and refining those through the same process so that in the end, I have a solid machine that I'm developing and refining and building over time. It's both growing to expand to the scale of what makes my customers special, but it's also doing a more focused, better job of pinning those moments that matter matter and getting a lot of value out of them. Well,
2: Evan, also one of the things I think um, your group does really well is you know, back in the day, you used to go all about personas, right? You're, you're like, hey, I got these seven personas that are on my site. They This is how I interact with them. And it's changing. You're changing the narrative to be more journey focused, right? It's like, I need to a task and journey. Here's the task I need them to accomplish with my company. Here's the journey I'm going to put them through from all those uh, those channels, right? Whether it starts from the banner ad or it starts from a call center and goes through. And the orchestration of the journeys and what you guys do there is what I think a lot of folks should take away, right? It's like, it's not, I have all this technology, but what are the journeys, the micro journeys, the whispers that I want my people to experience? And am I there? If I'm not there, then I got to go get some agency help. I need to go get some um, partner help, get it out there. Otherwise, I'm just going to be talking about it, right? The next step is, do I have the right journeys? Do I have the right people? and i ha- i definitely must have some of the technology because this right. is like you know 2021 here and people have been buying technology all over the place i've seen spaghetti <laughs> warehouses of technology
1: <laughs> so as you think about this stuff all the all the stuff that you you said makes perfect sense to me but you know to me how do you do it quickly like to me what i hear is like there's personalization at scale there's content at scale we've got these experiences in the moment you know, what I also see is this need to drive value quickly and frankly prove uh, as you do, right? So if you think about personalization, one of the big things is, does it actually work, right? Can you prove it to me? And I'm not arguing that point, but you, you do have to prove it inside of companies. And so how, with all these kind of integrated pieces and technology, and purposes, is there a, you know, do you have a point of view on how you do oh, some yeah. of this quickly? I
3: absolutely have a point of view about how to do it quickly. Um, and, you know, the the, the, the painful truth is that what we're truly talking about here is a never ending cycle. And uh, there, there is no end in sight. In, in fact, this is the, this is the business of creating the experiences that are going to attract, you know, drive value from, and continue to build relationships with customers. Um, and as the, and that that's just the reality of it. So, so what is, um, what is important is understanding how do i val- how do i create the momentum internally to help people understand and see how this aspect of the business relates to everything else and when we're doing that what we're doing is we're looking for what are the Low hanging fruits, the opportunities in the near term we have to get better outcomes by being more relevant, and when we're getting at better outcomes by being more relevant, and that may be by timeliness, by targeting, by content message, by offer, um, generally what we can see is that we can build a case to show how an incremental improvement in this one place or a sequence of moments that together make up a journey pay much greater dividends in return than um, than you know, guessing and blasting and hoping for a good result. And as natural as that might sound to say, it's a lot less natural to do if if your um, typical way of, of operating an organization is to lean on the best ideas of a proven set of people. Um, uh, another way to think about this might be that, what got me here isn't going to get me there. Yeah, um, my the my organization's ability to come up with disruptive ideas um, has been up until this point an amazing um, asset. If I'm one of those if I'm one of those brands, right? Or I'm a challenger brand who's trying to become that brand. Um, But in the future where we're going, the relationships between the people and the brand are going to become much more important. And so it's the brand's ability to develop those relationships that's going to matter. And that means I need to have um, an attribution model. I need to have a marketing organization structure. I need to have a strategy team. I need to have a creative team that are oriented around the customer's experience across time, not necessarily a specific channel, a specific narrative, or a specific product. Um, and that's a big change that I need to make.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Another
3: uh, comment I want to make to Depox earlier... Um, Deepak, what you said about personas was so interesting because I was just having a conversation about this with with another client um, who is going about personas in really the typical way. And what they found is that we've got personas in web, personas in media, personas in mobile that represents what are those users doing and trying to accomplish in those given channels. Here's a question. Are those the same person? Do they represent different people? How do I target them? When I see somebody who looks like one persona in a different channel, does that mean that they have the same intent? Um, You know, these personas are so channel bound that they're starting to break down. Instead, we need to understand what are the intent that people users come to a given channel with and how do I answer their mail? Um, But I also wanna understand that user as a person, what drives them, what motivates them? Um, You know, this persona Um, may be here to, say, research for an enterprise technology, but they could be driven by either a desire to achieve inside of their business, a desire to make a strong impression with their new boss, a desire to not make a bad, risky decision. Those people's differences are incredibly valuable to us from a scaled personalization perspective, because then we can understand what kinds of messages and how am I going to relate to this person across a number of channels. And so in that way, I need to match the two together. I need to have value-based personas that help me understand the people that I engage with, and then I need to have user or channel um, segments that are targetable, hard, objective devices where I can bring that insight to bear
2: in that moment. And I don't think we have to make it all that complicated, guys. Once a company's got their data, you know, just going through that data and figuring out who these people are um, gives you great information, right? There's just so much that people are not doing with pe- their own data, their own first-party data.
3: Oh yeah, that's one of the easiest places to go, and it's amazing how much behavioral analytics I see sort of sitting on the table, uh, without the opporti- without um, somebody taking the initiative to really pick it up, and look at the stories that it tells about their customers and their users.
1: So what w- what I'm taking away though, <laughs> is that you know th- there's there's actually a, a lot that that people have to do, and and you know, but it it all really starts to start with what are you trying what are you trying to help your customer do? What is the job to be done from, from the customer's perspective and then reducing friction and making that better for them. And of course, you know, I think Evan, what you said is like, this is an ever ever everlasting journey, kind of like the everlasting gobstopper. Um, (laughs) But, you know, this doesn't end. So we just, we need to make these things better. And that drives improved personalization detail in terms of the people, but also, Deepak, as the content at scale comes online, the ability to start to tailor it more minute and uh, detailed levels, I think, is is what you guys are are saying. And so, um, all right. So, I, I you know we've we've covered a lot of stuff today. I wanted to start to wrap up. You know, I want to be mindful of people's time here, and so well, I wanted to do a quick lightning round. So, we're looking for you know very quick answers here, and we'll go around Deepak, then Evan, uh, and so. Let's start with first question. What was the most exciting announcement from Summit?
2: I like uh, I like how AEP is coming together, um, and uh, some of the sneaks uh, about how artificial intelligence was weaving its way through AEP.
1: Okay, thank you. All right, Evan, your turn. What's the most exciting announcement from Summit?
2: Edge Edge architecture
3: getting closer to the customer faster.
1: All right, so, so I'm I, I think that's great. I think that's really exciting. The one I kind of for some reason I thought I would hear was more around journey optimizer, but
3: we've been living journey optimizer. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot that's new news. Yeah, I guess you're right.
1: (laughs) I've personally seen a lot of it. So uh, coming out in the last month. So, okay. Uh, So next question, what's the key thing that many miss on their customer experience transformation journey? 10 seconds.
2: The actual journey. I think they missed the journey.
1: (laughs) I think that's great. All right. (laughs) Evan.
2: The tension between
3: campaign and interaction-based experiences.
1: Yes, the predictability of of campaigns versus uh, transactions and behavior, which is a leap that many have yet to take. I think that's a, well, that's, that's that what
3: they like about it. The predictability that makes total sense.
1: <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, seriously, that's that's what doesn't matter what channel it is. It's it's a uh, it's always predictability, and and uh, anything that adds risk is always you know wait for it risky.
3: You know that's so funny. I mean, as a web and mobile guy, and and all of our web and mobile friends, we look around and we say it's obvious that what we do is the greatest. Um, but campaigns matter.
1: Uh, yes, we could do a whole other topic, <laughs> 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 and why they matter, and all that sort of stuff, and the levers of marketing, and that sort of thing, which is a lot of fun to talk about. All right, so look, you know, I, look, I've really appreciated everybody being you know on this on this podcast. We've had another great episode of, of Inside Job, Making CX Work. We've had great guests uh, today from Adobe, Alex Pepicelli. We've had Deepak Narasetti uh, and Evan Nicholson, both from Merkle. We've discussed a lot. You know, we started off with Adobe Summit uh, and the great thing and the, kind of the different feel that Adobe Summit has, but really how great a conference it is and how I think many of us are looking forward to an improved Uh, experience next year, one being physical, but also two being melded with uh, the digital experience that we've all really learned from. And then really from there, diving into some of the topics that marketers need to think about and and in terms of how they start to drive toward what Adobe is being asked to do, which is personalization at scale, and really the urgency that the pandemic has driven toward people and also the competition. So the needs there become content at scale and understanding through identity, digital identity, primarily who you're talking to and being able to enable that experience. And that experience really does need to start. And I think Deepak said it the best, which was you actually need to start with the journey. What do you want to enable? And what Evan said around, you know, making sure that you know what you're trying to help a customer do. And so this has been a really great episode. I really appreciate the time uh, that you all provided. Uh, and, and really, I hope you guys can, can come back.
3: Thank you. Anytime, Jose. Have, happy to. Love to come back.
1: All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And uh, I really appreciate the time. Thank you.